Yo, how are you doing, folks? Welcome to episode 73 of the Simple Life Podcast. Uh, it is another beautiful day here in March. We are slowly creeping towards spring and the equinox. Do hope you have some time to get out in nature and enjoy the changing of the season and the start of spring. Obviously, I say that uh, in the, to my northern hemispheric listeners. Uh, to you guys in the south, go enjoy your winter. You've had your summer. It's our turn to have the sunshine. And uh, speaking of sunshine, a ray of sunshine that's going to light up your lives for the next hour is the return of uh, probably one of our most popular guests so far, who is uh, an American, or oh, sorry, actually a now naturalized American, sort of Canadian-born, uh, actor, activist, comedian, and half one half of the world's most iconic stolen duo is Mr. Tommy Chung. How are you doing, brother? I'm doing great, man. Thank you. Thank you for that wonderful introduction that says it all. I want to be a bit more concise uh, compared to sort of last time. We, we listed off quite a lot of uh, your accolades at the start of the uh, the, the, pre- the previous podcast, uh, which I will then, I'm going to shamelessly plug, and it will be tagged in the bio below, folks, episode 28, uh, back in mm-hmm. May 21. So I think quite a lot has changed in those 10 months, uh, both sides of the Atlantic. We seem a bit, a bit freer. Wow. We're a bit more able to move, and the pandemic seems to be stabilizing, I think, globally. Uh, at least this this part of it, anyway. Yeah, this phase. Yeah, exactly. That it feels like we might be in the eye of the storm here. Uh, yeah, no, no, we're 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 good. We're good to go. What we're doing, we're paying for our past sins. You know, uh, all that climate change. Uh, what happens when you uh, threaten the earth? The earth has a way of. Uh, sending out the little little micro microscopic germs that sort of takes care of the problem <laughs> you know yeah. uh, I mean I love the fact I love it when when people start thinking that they can uh, uh, somehow affect the earth you know uh, like like uh, well you know well it's the ego it's it's uh, the human's ego, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you give them some schooling, and they they think that they if they know say a few things, they think that they know everything. And especially with the climate. But one thing about Mother Earth, it's been here uh, a, a long time, and mm-hmm. and it's gone through everything you can go through, and it's still going through it. So uh, what, what we will eventually learn to do, like the natives and all the indigenous people around the world, is how to live in harmony with nature, you know, and, instead of uh, always kind of like uh, treating nature as, as something that they can, or, you know, they can deal with without consequences you know mm. kind of serve a, d- a dominion and control over and you know, well, we, we were born with that attitude in order to keep us here to keep us learning uh but it's uh it, it, it's what i found anyway you know is that uh, the 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 animal the greed and i like in greed uh, our our the greed to uh, gerbils or elephant uh, or buffaloes going over the cliff mm. because they're stampeded toward the cliff and everybody's running toward the cliff and the ones in the middle they got no choice <laughs> so they're taking over the thing and 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 that was the way the natives would uh, slaughter the buffalo 
and, uh, you know, and uh, get their clothing and their meat and everything else. Earth is that that's earth <laughs> you know mm-hmm. that's that's the way earth is so when when the humans start polluting the the earth in spite of warnings then uh, the pandemics because mm-hmm. just think what, what the pandemic did you talk about no fly zone over uh, the ukraine uh, earth created with the pandemic they created the no fly zone over yeah. the entire planet <laughs> and yeah. kept it that way kept it that way until the, the numbers started going down and then they started coming back but that's that's what we're, we're dealing with now you know <laughs> but but instead um, but humans are humans and and we're just plodding along <laughs> and evolving and dissolving and it's fun. It's good. That's a nice expression. I like that. Evolving and dissolving. <laughs> yeah, I like that. That is a really good way of looking at it. Uh, somebody said, um, so before we started recording as well, like the, the time is running out. And I think that's a beautiful way of encapsulating that. The, yeah, you're evolving, but yeah, you're also just going to dissolve at the end of this. It's there is yeah, there is nothing permanent here. And enjoy the ride, as uh, Bill Hicks so you would uh, would say. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Bill, did, oh, did you ever see Bill Hicks? I'm unfortunately uh, too young. I do have his uh, discology, like his, the entirety of his sets, and I've listened to all of his uh, his music series. Oh, I, I loved his, his philosophy and approach. I saw him live at his peak, and then I saw him. And then he came and saw me. He was he he was diagnosed with uh, with I think stomach cancer, and uh, and so he was going on a, a barbecue eating binge. <laughs> he was going around to all the best barbecue and he was in Kansas City and and uh, I was doing a show there and it wasn't crowded at all but he Bill came and sat there and very quietly and watched the whole show and then I had a little chat with him after it was beautiful he was very mm-hmm. soft spoken and, and so mm-hmm. so aware his awareness there was a whole cult of those guys sam kennison bill mm-hmm. hicks yeah all of them they were all there and uh what, what was his name uh carrot top carrot top mm-hmm. came from that gang too and carrot top mm-hmm. was the only outsider he was uh kind of frowned upon because he did uh, uh what do you call it prop uh, prop, prop comedy. comedy yeah but but he is carrot top is uh, another little genius he's got his own theater in vegas yeah and so so he's doing incredibly well Mm. it's it's interesting to to watch as the generations of as people come onto the scene and they get that kind of first wave in the mainstream and then if people only ever absorb the mainstream culture they only ever see them as one thing so i think like last time i saw carrot top he's 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 jacked as well so he's really got into sort of fitness and and kind of changed the the image that most people would have had in the head of him as when he was first on uh, mainstream national television in america yeah 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 yeah. he's all buffed everything no he's a very 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 intelligent uh guy and he knows see the thing is if you know your limitations and uh and and your strengths and you enjoy him you got it made you know yeah. just like it. some of those pop, those pop singers you know like a pat boone or, or 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 even even the grateful dead now i i never got into the grateful dead uh 
because I was playing music at the same time, I kind of knew what they were doing. Uh, they, they weren't doing anything that I wanted to, to necessarily learn or, you know, copy or mm-hmm. be part of. But then I saw a documentary of uh, Bob Weir and uh, blew my mind, blew my mind. First of all, he's got a beautiful guitar collection. I'm talking about state of the art, the best. Yeah. Number then they were they had a method to their madness. They weren't just some group thrown together to go out and make some money. They were playing out of love. Yeah. And and then they decided they loved playing so much that they would live together. Mm-hmm. And then they they toured together, they lived together, and they never chased the pop chart. Mm-hmm. at all they they found their niche and and their self-recording and they, they, they never worked for anybody they just worked for themselves yeah and so every bit of uh money that came in it was for them you know it was mind-boggling that they were and they were the biggest selling seller mm-hmm. biggest con- they they made more in the concerts and I, I guess they got respected by the deadheads mm-hmm. to the point, you know, where like you take when the Stones try to do their thing at Altima, you know, you know, the Stones were a great bar band, you know, like they would cover cover other other people's uh, material, and it wasn't until right, I guess at the beginning when Mick and, and the Keith you know, they wrote a couple of songs that they still do, mm-hmm. but, but the, the, the dead Bob Weir in them, like he was a, a, a backup guitar player, rhythm guitar player. And so in order to make his life more exciting, he studied jazz piano with uh, all the greats, you know, uh, the great Bobby Timmons, all these great jazz pianists, Bill Evans. And then he learned to play the guitar like they would play piano. And that, in my estimation, give, give uh, the, the dead their longevity. Mm-hmm. Because instead of playing those simple three song, three chords, all of a sudden he threw all these other chords in there. And then, then, then he, Bob Weir and, and, subliminally add it to to their uh to their sound mm-hmm. and and to me it kept bob we we're interested in what he was doing it was, it's incredible mm. uh, you know I, I i saw i started watching the uh, jerry garcia and that but you know that was like okay i i get it uh, halfway into it, you know, but I, I watched Bob Weir all the way, all the way in it because I'm a rhythm guitar player, but, but th- that's what I've been doing lately is sort of clearing a lot of myths that I've lived with all my life, you know, uh, and, and they were like self in, induced myths. And yeah. then I'm thinking like there's one bucket list I haven't done yet. And uh, I don't know if I will. And that's to learn algebra. <laughs> Interesting. I, I, I failed my, uh, I quit high school because of algebra. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then uh, 
when I was in prison, I tried to get a great, uh, tried to get my diploma. And in order to get your grade 12 diploma, you have to know algebra, and which I studied for a bit in prison. But I just, I, I maybe, I don't know, too old. It, it, it's, I get, I don't know. I don't know why my, my son and my, my wife, no, not my wife, but my son for sure. He, he can do algebra. I, I, I got a, some kind of mental block, but mm. one day, one day I'm going to say, okay, enough of that. Cause you know, uh, being a, a senior, I can sit in on any uh, university class, you know, I want and, and I won't get, accredited for it but mm. i can i can do that i, I might do that just that's, for my own thing you know that's interesting is that because i suppose they're considering well given the knowledge you can't really do anything with it he's going to be dead soon anyway so there's that the reason why they're allowing seniors whereas they'll charge young men and women tens of thousands hundreds of thousands for that education for them to use it to actually go and earn it but then just for curiosity's sake i suppose or to hit a bucket list yeah i think that's yeah it's annoying that society's geared that way, but it's good in a way that obviously you get to go and um, uh, to go and top up on that knowledge. You know, I, I try to tell seniors all the time. You know, when they start moaning and groaning about about their age, you know, I, I tell them, I said, take advantage, man. Mm. Take advantage. If, if if someone gets up, you know, to give you a seat, thank them. Sit down. <laughs> you know, yeah. and. Uh, and like, if, if they want to put you in the front of the line, do it. Like I play golf, you know, and, uh, and, you know, I'm not that bad, you know, I, with my friends, you know, we, uh, but I take advantage of that age, you know, <laughs> I, I, when it comes to teeing off, I'm not back with the, with the men. I'm up there with the ladies and the old guys. <laughs> <laughs> I walk up and it's only like 20 yards or something like, something like that. Yeah. But it's enough. Instead of being embarrassed about being old, be proud. Be, yeah. Say, okay, thank you. Because I get up there and knock the shit out of that ball. And and, and because I'm sort of like, I, I guess what it is too, I like being on stage. You know, yeah. if, if I got people watching me, then everything's settled. I can settle down. I can putt. I can drive. I can do a lot of things. Like a lot of people get stage fright. I'm the opposite. If I don't have anybody watching me, then then I don't really care what happens. <laughs> you know, just yeah. but but if I got a anybody, one person watching me, then I'll stand up straight and I'll hit that ball. Yeah, it's it's a trip. No, that that's the key. You know, I I tell uh, my people all the time, my cameo people that uh, that growing old is a privilege. It's, it's, a, it's, you know, you, you've been spared, you know, and so go and enjoy, enjoy every bit of it. You know, you mm -hmm. see people sitting, you know, uh, like, like that's in prison, <clears throat> the, the old guys, you always tell, tell who's old and, or sick in prison because they walk around with a, a foam cushion, you know, mm -hmm. because there's nothing soft in prison to sit on. And so what these guys do, they, the older guys, they, they get a, a, a piece of foam. And I don't know where they get it from, but I know that when the old guy, friend of mine, he was across the cell from me, uh, the cubicle. And then he, when he left, he, he it was almost like a, 
passing of the, <laughs> the baton. You know, he says, Tom, here's my cushion. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> and so here am I walking around with a cushion. And and yeah, I mean enjoy who you are mm. because because you're only going to be that person for a little while it's exactly that and it is as you say it's the rarest i mean uh just looking statistically i suppose the majority of us get our youth and it's obviously wild and varied and it's it's all in a complete spectrum of experience that we all live it um but yeah to actually be fortunate enough to have lived a life to then have the opportunity to, as you're doing now, to challenge the the myths and the narratives of your life that you've just kind of allowed to, oh, I learned this in the 70s and I haven't really thought about it since, to actually have that yeah. reflective time to kind of go, well, what do I believe? What do I think? I think that is a, the, a truly wondrous time. And I think that this, there's a project, I, I believe it's in one of the Scandinavian countries, where to deal with student accommodation, they were pairing young students with then uh, elderly residents and care homes and get them to live together. And what they found was the health of both improved, but the knowledge and experience that the youth had, because they were able to extract it from the, uh, the older people, but instead of it being just from one limited uh, knowledge sort of uh, perspective, they were able to have sort of wider conversations of, oh, well, 20 years ago, I thought this, 30 years ago, I thought that. And they were just able to give them a much more rounded understanding of what it is to be human rather than just accepting that trying to believe there's one reality. And I should think one way about one thing, you know, everything is always changing and fluctuating. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, yeah. Uh, and, and we have to be aware of that. Not all of us, by the way, you know, just some of us, I mm -hmm. think the, the, the thinkers and the writers and the poets, you know, and the, and the, the ones that, uh, I'm back. I'm back. Sorry. All right. It's Can you, uh, you, what happened is that my Tesla got a flat tire. And so yesterday, <laughs> the guy came up to fix it. And uh, I was doing a podcast. And he kept trying to phone and tell me that he was out in front. And I kept hanging up on the guy. And I was really pissed <laughs> off. I thought it was some kind of crank call. And so finally, my daughter, she showed up and, and the guy's ready to leave. And, find, and so they, uh, so my daughter talked him into staying. Then my daughter came and got me. <laughs> and so it's the same guy. The same. <laughs> yeah, it's the same guy. And so he, uh, so, so he knew what to do. I, I didn't have to leave, but he went down and changed the tire and everything. So I'm good to go. Excellent, excellent. It was weird there for, for a moment. I don't know if it's going to come across in the recording, but it, it tried to enter you into the room while you were in the room. So I had like two, two different screens coming across there. Uh, the yeah, joys, that was me trying to get back in, I guess. Uh, the joys of modern technology. I actually read something quite interesting the other day that um, Zoom has done more since its inception to reduce carbon emissions than all of the electric cars combined. You're kidding. Yeah, because of it. Because everybody sat home. Yeah, because otherwise, obviously, if we wanted to sit and record this podcast, I'd have to fly out to you, which is quite a, several thousand miles, you know, and obviously then the, the cost and uh, the carbon footprint of that. But then obviously we can talk yes. in real time and it's only really the power needed for both of our devices and then the Internet and infrastructure in between. That's amazing. And, but, and, and wow. And that's the way, uh, you know, I'm looking at all these 
office, empty office buildings. Mm. And I'm thinking, wow. <clears throat> and then people say <clears throat> they miss the water cooler. And, mm. I, and I'm looking at a water cooler. What, what are you talking about? You know, hanging around the water cooler. Duh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what, what, what's done around the water cooler except gossip? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, are you getting any real business done around the water cooler? <laughs> yeah, it's it's. it's I, I, I was gonna say it's, it's just people, yeah, people with, uh, yeah, just habits. And a lot of times, you know, people will say things that they heard their parents say, just because it's it's the right time to say it. You know, yeah. it's like a learned behavior, like a parrot almost. Yeah. You know? Yep. Yep. Yeah. No, I I I I look at this lockdown as not an inconvenience at all. In fact, it's it's more of a of a, a sign of things to come. Because look how we adapt, you know. I mean, I know a lot of people. You know, they they my my uh, daughter in law, she's a windmill uh, uh, environmentalist uh, scientist, and so she she works from home. She's been working from home, but for a while there, she had to ride a bicycle in Boulder up a mountain almost. Uh, to go to work mm -hmm. and 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 that's like it was like a 10 mile ride either way and and uh, she's in fantastic shape but that was uh, good weather bad weather whatever and and now she's been working at home and so much so that they managed to move to los angeles and now they're in mexico because she can work zoom no matter where she is Mm. It, it it's uh, it, it's it's got me sold i'll tell you that. yeah <laughs> i got uh, when i had a chance to get off the you know performing you know i thought about it for about two seconds and said good <laughs> we're done <laughs> you know yeah. i'm home yeah because you know there's a thrill of being on stage and and working and doing that but there's also that the travel the hotels the the uh you know you can't do anything if, you, if you're performing one night that's a whole three four nights days dedicated to that one performance and yeah. now I, I i've done as many as 15 20 cameos and i don't know how many podcasts <laughs> and if we had to do the perform and actually it's i got the message out more like with zoom than, than, than any other time. Mm -hmm. You know, I, my wife and I are more popular than we've ever been. Thanks to, uh, um, what's that one? Uh, TikTok. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, we're big TikTok, TikTokers. Yeah, yeah, but I've been enjoying watching um, your content come together. And again, as I was sort of saying before we started recording, that it's uh, it's comforting to me to, to, to think that I can experience love long into my life watching uh, yours and shelby's relationship oh yeah yeah it's it's no the the secret is, <laughs> there's a secret involved first of all uh, you have to find a shelby <laughs> Woo, i was yeah. so lucky but you know it was so ordained you know i've known her since she was 15 years old mm. yeah we were neighbors uh in fact she was a, like a, a one of a, a fan of our band, mm. 
you know, she was one of one of the girls that would uh, come and see us play, and she was more interested in the in the in the singer and the bass player than she was me. But the singer and the bass player, they weren't really interested in her, uh, <laughs> and uh, and I was the only one, you know, there to talk to, and so we ended up being friends. And then the then the friendship evolved as time went by. And then we did acid together. We did that's when acid first came in. <laughs> it, it, when acid first came into being, and neither one of us really knew what it was. She wasn't a big pothead at all. She didn't like it at all. Uh, but she did like acid. She liked LSD, and and she's an artist, so you can see why. And uh, and we've been together ever since we 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 never meant to be together and i think that's what kept us together mm. because she was very content with me being married because it, it gave her freedom that she never had before mm -hmm. she had the freedom of being in love and loving me and, and but yet not having to be the the you know the boyfriend the husband the, you know the the significant other mm. we were just in love with each other and that was it and so it's a great love story and then when we finally my my wife who put up with so much you know i was always nice and and, and providing and everything but she uh, it was when i became a comedian as long as i was a musician she was going to hang on to me but as soon as i became a comedian and I brought a little Mexican home <laughs> and he slept on the couch. <laughs> uh, uh, that was it. It was like, okay, we're, you're out of here. <laughs> and, and that was, uh, that was when Shelby and I got together and we've been together ever since. Wow. Yeah. yeah. How, when was that? I guess it was 1970. Wow. <clears throat> Yeah, 1970, My 69, name. 69, I was still technically with my wife, but 69, but 70 was when we came to LA and decided to try to make it as a comedian. Mm -hmm. and, and, and we did, it took a year, but we, we, we did, we had an act, we had, we had everything. We yeah. had, we had an act, we had a look, we had a, a purpose. Then we had a recording, and we were unique, and everything fell together, and and here we are. Right. Wow. So yeah. That, yeah. From from those that time that connection, something else I learned um, when again I was googling away looking for for topics and things to sort of discuss in this podcast was I didn't realize that uh, yourself and she had won a, a Grammy. Is it not yeah. Grammy Emmys? It was Emmy Grammy. I've mixed them no, up. No Grammy. Grammy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it was uh well first of all we got nominated every album we ever did we got nominated right off the bat because there was very few comedy albums at the time mm -hmm. you know there was i think steve martin and george carlin and bill cosby uh but cheech and chong when, when we hit we should have got a grammy for the first album because it, it you know the date's not here but but just went viral yeah. back back yeah, then. before viral was viral <laughs> yeah and so uh but then we got nominated and that was good because we 
we got on the elevator and there was a, we had a, uh, the three dog night group. Uh, my uh, ex brother-in-law was a drummer. And, uh, and so we had that connection with, uh, with the three dog night. And when we first came to LA, they tried to manage us, but they, you know, they were, they sent the underling to, to be with us and they, they really couldn't do anything because they were a musically, a music trained uh, operation. And so when I asked the management to, to lend me $500 to buy a car, they gave our contract back. <laughs> <laughs> so, and so the next time I saw them was in the elevator we got nominated for a Grammy. <laughs> we saw him, hey, what's up, guys? <laughs> and uh, we never won, but we we got on television. We were, Ed Sullivan announced her, you know, mispronounced her name on television. <laughs> and the winner of the contender, Chi and Chong. <laughs> but then the third album, uh, we did win. Yeah, yeah. We could have won more, but you know, winning accolades was not our ever our, our deal. You know, yeah, yeah. no, our our deal was promoting pot. That was our that was our big deal. Well, you certainly did that uh, rather well for many decades, and we were right when we do these interviews. You know, and they would accuse of us of being turning on more people than Noriega uh, on the drugs. And uh, I said to the guy at the time, I said, what if we're right? What if they find out that marijuana is a, is a medicine and that it can help people and, uh, and all these laws are, are bullshit? What, what if we're right? And here we are. Yeah. <laughs> Legal and, and worldwide now. And it's going to be legal worldwide eventually, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, even since last we spoke, uh, Dubai, of all places, in the United Amber Emirates, you can now um, just disclose THC products. So whereas before, there was a famous case a few years ago of an American who um, was having routine surgery but had THC in his system from having been in America a week or so previous. And because the yeah. doctor found it as part of a random blood test, he was arrested and detained. Whereas now in, in, the, in the past year, um, they've basically said that at an airport, if you fly through the United Arab Emirates, you can disclose cannabis products in the same way you can alcohol. So because it's a dry country, yeah. you've got to then give up the alcohol at the border. So rather than you being a criminal and being chased and in some cases ending up with a five, 10 plus year uh, prison sentence, you can just sort of, yeah, go, okay, I will put this in the bin. So that even in just the past year since we've spoken, again, that huge change. So I can imagine since... The in times of you guys being interviewed back in uh, sort of the mid seventies and being accused of, of all sorts of crimes uh, to to the culture and to the uh, the consciousness of the people, yeah, that juxtaposition must be must be crazy to have lived through to be to be you sat this side of it now. Is, is it hard to not feel self righteous? Uh, not at all. Not at all. No, because uh, there was always an underground. Uh, like one time I was coming through Boise, Idaho, I believe. And I'd just been some, oh, I was at a bomb convention and, and they gave me a beautiful bomb. And I had that in my luggage. 
And so when I went through the x-ray, the guy gets on the phone right away. He's, you know, oh, we got something here and blah, blah, blah. And he started talking and getting the cops all excited and everything else. And so I told the guy, he says, uh, he said, what is this, sir? I said, it's a bomb. And he says, a bomb. I said, a water pipe. And he says, these are illegal, aren't they? I says, no, they're not illegal. Uh, I'm Tommy Chong, Cheech and Chong. And he goes, oh. And he gets on his phone and he starts telling the guy and he goes, okay, sir, there you go. <laughs> Here's your bomb. Have a nice day. They let us through. As soon as the guy started talking to me, my wife, <laughs> who told me, you know, you're going to get stopped <laughs> with that bomb. <clears throat> she just pretended she didn't know me. She just walked away. <laughs> she, she, she walked away and went shopping or something. <clears throat> no, it's, it's, uh, <clears throat> yeah, we're, we're chained in it all. So now let me get this straight. A dry state. I, Ireland is dry. Um, Ireland and the UK is is no. Oh no, sorry, Dubai. Oh, Dubai. It's in the, the, oh. Cap, the capital of uh, the United. Oh, Rambles. they are. Are they Muslim? Is that why? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Dubai. I've got some friends uh, from Dubai. Here, he's a son of a prince. And he's a golfer too. Yeah. And his kids are all big, uh, big TikTok fans, you know. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I know a lot of the uh, wealthy people now that I've, uh, I've been uh, um, sort of like uh, mainstreamed. Yeah, you know. Yeah, as soon as I went mainstream, I a lot of the Trumpies and that, you know. I, mean, I think I told you last time I was on that I have uh, a lot of. Um, wealthy Trumpy friends, mm -hmm. you know, and, and we went through the whole election, you know, with me being on the other side and they, they, they thought that was cute, you know, that I was uh, for Hillary and then, and then Trump pulled all the, the crap that he pulled and, uh, and here, here mm -hmm. we are, here we are getting, close, getting as close to World War Three as we'll ever get, you know. Yeah, it's 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 crazy. Um, again, one of the only things actually of a news article that came up was this is how bad the mainstream news has got. I think it was a not the New York Post, but a New York paper reporting on a tweet that you had done in response to one of the Capitol Hill rioters. You got eight months, and you tweeted, "I got nine months for selling bongs." Um, yeah. and, and the paper had basically tried to paint it as if you had had this huge go at the guy, and all you'd done is highlight the fact that. He was part of an armed insurrection on, on the capital of your country. You got some yeah. people high and sold some bongs, yet you were served the harsher sentence. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's where they are. I mean, they, they didn't want to charge a lot of those people. Mm. <clears throat> and then they're finding out now. Oh, man, they're finding out all sorts of crap now. Well, Trump, you know, always... There was something evil about Trump right from the beginning. I, I thought he had a shot. And he did have a shot, you know, because he's a he, he, he claimed to be a builder. And so when when yeah. when he was running against Hillary, I thought, you know what? What if he really is a builder and then he takes on the infrastructure, mm -hmm. which America really needs? Can, can, you can't even imagine how much money he would have made 
on the side, <laughs> you know, yeah. with bribes, with bribes and, and so on. And legitimately, everything mm -hmm. would be legit. You, you can, that's one thing that's very hard to trace, you know, is uh, building costs, mm -hmm. you know, and, uh, and, and just think of that. But, you know, that's the trouble with petty thieves, you know, <laughs> they, they will take the coins because it's easier to carry than the currency, you know, mm -hmm. at least they got something that, that that's that attitude. And, and, and when we found out how really dense Trump is, uh, it was like, it was almost like, um, well, with me, it, I was, I felt sorry for the guy more than anything because he really is retarded, you know, and, and, it's, <laughs> and, and it's from lack of love, you know, yeah. lack of training. He never got trained. He got trained by a criminal, you know, his, his uh, dad. And and he he'll never get rid of that mindset, you know. Yeah. I I met a few guys, uh, you know. I won't mention the names, but I was in jail with the, with people that are professional criminals, and when they go to jail, it's like uh, the price of doing business, you know. Yeah. They, they 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 just do. It. They they accept it. They do it. And, you know, they conduct business there. Only thing is, they are missing. You know, when you're a criminal, no matter how successful you are, well, like Putin, no matter how successful the guy is, he doesn't feel good about himself. Yeah, know? there is no top there. So you have to then keep escalating, leveling up, and then eventually it becomes... So it's self-destructive. You can't keep building and building until the pressure from the top crushes that at the bottom. Yeah, yeah. If, if it's built on lies, mm -hmm. you see that that that's the whole thing about lies. Lies can't sustain. You know, a lie, a lie has to be yeah, repeated and constantly maintained and plastered mm -hmm. and polished and yeah. Yeah, and and it still doesn't sustain. It doesn't last. And what lasts is, is truth. And, and no matter how true it is, you know, it's that uh, the tortoise and the hare, you know, it's always the tortoise will win because he just plows ahead. Mm -hmm. and that's, that's what's going on now. But, I, I, but, but with Trump, you know, I, I understand the way he, he thinks, you know, and I, and I really, the thing is that what happened with Trump, he became an actor mm -hmm. to the point where he, you blur the line. Sometimes actors, that happens to actors, they, they blur the line. They, they become that character so deep. Mm. A lot of times they can't get out of it, you know, yeah. because that's, we, we, we almost talked about the, uh, the Lion King. And the reason, yeah. the reason, the reason I never took the line, it was me. Cheech took it. Yeah. But I, but I had a choice, and I said, Disney, Cheech and Chong at Disney. Mm -hmm. Now, if they were saying, play Cheech and Chong, I would be there. Yeah. But the fact that they wanted some, first of all, they were so down on my lifestyle, and I'm not saying our lifestyle, Cheech. I was basically my lifestyle. And they were so down on it that they wouldn't allow people like me into their park, their theme park. Mm -hmm. uh, 
uh, and then now they want me because I'm famous. They want me in a movie so they can use Cheech and Chong as uh, the, you know, yeah. I, I, we were in a few of those movies, you know, uh, where they just use a name to get the people to, to notice the, the movie, you know? Yeah. And so I, uh, I turned it down and, and, and by turning it down, I turned down probably uh, maybe a million dollars, maybe uh, in fees and so on. Uh, but I have no regrets, you know, mm. because you can't do what I do and hold your head up high unless you stay true to the cause. You know, you can't just because uh, you get threatened with, with wealth, because that's a threat too, you know. Mm-hmm. You, you, that's another jail. You see, you can go to the yeah. wealth jail, or you can go to the the real jail, you know. And I, I, I and I turned down a few things, money wise, because it wasn't right. Like one time, I I had a job directing uh, a movie over in, in Italy. Now that part I liked. I liked going to Rome and prepping a movie. That was fun. But working with the actors, I found out that they just wanted my name. They didn't really want my direction. Yeah. And and so when I when I made some suggestions about the script, they were like, you know, are you crazy? (laughs) You know, (laughs) we wrote this masterpiece and uh, blah blah. And so I, what I really did. I quit the movie. I fired myself. And then I went back <laughs> and I gave Canon back their money. Mm-hmm. They, they gave me a half a million to do it. And I gave them a half a million back. And uh, yeah, and, and they were like shocked. And then after they, uh, they congratulated me because the movie was unreleasable. They couldn't even yeah. release it. It was so bad. And so they understood that. And then they gave me uh, uh, another project, which never made it, mm-hmm. but it was uh, the the roadie movie. It was, uh, it was uh, the r- roadie warrior, <laughs> the roadie warrior. And it was cute, but was, was, uh, wasn't of its time, you know? Yeah. It wasn't meant to be. Yeah. yeah. It's, 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 again, it's, it's refreshing to hear, uh, someone speak of integrity and of, of, of a lifetime of the con- continuity and consistency of, of such a position, you know, quite a lot of people, um, especially, well, I suppose it's, it's a slightly different nowadays because if things feel a lot more desperate. It feels like poverty is a lot closer. You know, if you miss one paycheck, you, you're down and you can't get back up. You're lost for months, years. Um, but it is refreshing to hear that, um that you you've, you've turned down those roles in the past i mean do you do you find that you still get the kind of offers where people want to just uh sort of trade on your name uh these days uh, not no not now now it's changed where they want me for who i am a grizzly old guy you know like mm-hmm. i did uh, the color out of space uh, uh what's it that great uh, uh fiction uh, writer uh what's the name i can't think of his name right now but anyway the 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 director wrote a part in there where i play like an old hermit and uh it was per he wrote it for me and then they contacted me and and of course i give him a nice uh 
nice, easy price, you know, because it was mm -hmm. it was a Nick Cage movie. Mm -hmm. And so it was a major, and it got released. It got good reviews, did well. And uh, I, I, I got to go to Portugal with my wife, and we, mm -hmm. she had a great time. I worked every day. I was in makeup like six hours a day, uh, which I didn't mind. I love making movies. I mm -hmm. love every bit of... We did, we did a little uh, pilot for the, the 90s show, the 70s show, and now it's the 90s show. <clears throat> and uh, I, we all were, all, of the, all the old actors and that. We were so happy. We're back. <laughs> we're back in makeup, getting the hair done, getting yeah. all the stuff that some people hate. I love every bit of it. It's so it's such a such a exciting genre to be in, you know. Mm. It's it, it's you can't explain it. Yeah, that's why that's why the movie the movie business is is really it really is a lot more than people really give it credit for, you know, mm. uh, for for being able to create uh, art but you're creating life there's a lot of life uh, have been copied from movies well look at the yeah. ukrainian the ukrainian president mm -hmm. he started off as a, a an actor yeah an actor and playing the president and <laughs> and he got elected because they said yeah that's what we want that's why trump got elected because mm -hmm. he looked like he might be able to do something you know, he had vitality, he had wit, you know, and, and, and everybody's gambled on him and said, okay, let's give him a shot, you know, and then you find out, whoop. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's interesting, this, these, these points of crisis almost over the past century, where, yeah, we, we turn towards the facade of power rather than the actual ability to uh, do something constructive with it. Obviously, think of someone like uh, Reagan, who also was, a, was, a, was another actor. Um, and then the era and what follows, you yes. know, Reaganomics in America, we had Thatcherism over here in the UK, and arguably what we're living under now, uh, economically and globally in terms of the uh, consequences to society, ecology and the environment is because of this deregulation under that. Um, and it's, it's yeah, it's, it's interesting now that we live in such a self-referential world. So that Hollywood machine and the kind of the, the movie making business, it's become quite... I don't want to say elitist, but in a small, it's, it's quite a, a exclusive small group of people. So people fill in spots. So one of the things that um, I was quite happy to see you, you put yourself pop up in was the uh, Jane Silent Bob reboot. Uh, as a butler at the end and again then looking through it's like of course you would be in that when I think of like mm. what's happening now with because cannabis is more accepting in obviously with California since um, proper 64 and obviously legalization in, in the in the um, in the states that it's it's really affecting the movies where never cannabis is now referenced before it was a plot point for something negative a character was yeah. going off the rails so they're doing cannabis or yeah. you know you need something silly to happen so the characters consume cannabis and they end up waking up somewhere they don't know where they are whereas now yeah. it's, it's just they smoke a joint in the same way as before they would have a drink and it was part yeah. of the film but not uh, you know like a, a structural point of it you know well, it's reflecting uh, uh, society as it is. Mm -hmm. See, uh, back in the day, the writers of the movies were so good, but they were old. 
and they were caught in their their time zone and 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 they they spilled over into and that's when Cheech and Chong came along we sort of broke that mold and we we pushed everything into the young hipper group you know mm-hmm. that's when rappers and 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 people like Howard Stern and all these people that that had those uh, impulses we we freed them we we said okay we give them license yeah there's been so many using us as a as a adjective more or less like uh describing you know oh that's just like a Cheech and Chong movie or or, or you know they 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 got that 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 thing going <clears throat> yeah <clears throat> well there, there's a truth that uh, I like about movies. And when I'm sc- scrolling through the movies now, you know, because I, I, I'm, I'm in heaven. <laughs> I, I go on documentary binges. I go on Western. I go on Hitler binges. Like I've watch, watched every Hitler thing I could see. Uh, and, and you know what I admired about it? It was the, the photography was so phenomenal. Because Hitler, the, Hitler and the movie people, they hit together, mm-hmm. and, and they, they oh the 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 cameraman and the movie people wanted to Hitler was going to put on these great spectacles, which he did, mm-hmm. and they had to be filmed, which they were, mm-hmm. and that that uh, itself, and you could see the evil, and you could see everything. <laughs> it was right up on the screen. It yeah. was, and they weren't hiding anything. It was like, mm-hmm. uh, uh, it was like a advertisement for for anarchy, which what it was, it was yeah. like controlled anarchy, where the, where the evil genius really did take over. And and rather than a genius, I would say Hitler was a, a genius opportunist. Mm. Yeah, more than a genius, because if, if had he been a genius, he wouldn't have done that. He wouldn't have done what he did. He would have taken that that talent and then turned uh, Germany into some uh, incredible uh, architect. But he could, he could, he could only do his architecture by having control of Germany. That was the only way he could do it, and and that's what he did. But then he also he brought out that evilness. Of, of in order to to unite the people, you have to have an enemy. Yeah. And 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 then, but not a dangerous enemy. You had to have an enemy that was more like uh, like uh, like a pack of rats or, or something yeah. that you could just stomp and, and get rid of that way. You know, not not a true enemy that would equalize whatever you were doing. You, they had the enemy had to be soft and nonviolent, and uh, you know that that kind of that kind of thing. That's what I learned, and that's what I'm I'm, I'm looking at uh, at uh, Putin, and, and and Putin, he's a warrior. He wants he wants to fight. He only knows how to how to how to. He's a warrior, you know, and, and that was like like Ike. Uh, Eisenhower was a warrior, you know, mm-hmm. and and if we had to listen to uh, uh, Patton, General Patton, we wouldn't have had this pro- problem with the Ukraine right now, mm-hmm. because Patton wanted to take over Europe, and we could have done it, 
we could have taken out the Russians. We could have we we could have done it. It would have been a fight. We could have done it. But uh, of course, everybody just wanted peace at any cost, yeah. you know. And so, so that's what they gave up. Did you know that uh, that uh, um, what's the seaport in in uh, in uh, the Ukraine? Um, they captured before. Uh, testing me now. I haven't seen the news in a couple of weeks. But anyway, uh, the whole the, that whole area. Uh, I was in the, the lower lower region, the uh, Crimea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crimea yeah. was supposed to be for the Jews. Did you ever hear that one? No. Uh, all all the power the powers to be, you know, uh, Stalin uh, and uh, uh, Roosevelt and uh, who else? Uh, oh, Montgomery, the Englishman. Yeah. You know, when they were dividing up Europe. Uh, Patton wanted uh, no. They wanted to. They decided to give Crimea to the Jews. You know, it would have been a nice place because they were so many were slaughtered all over Germany and France and and, and the Ukraine. Uh, so they wanted to give Crimea to the Jews. And then the Stalin and everybody got together and said, "Nah, no, no, we'll keep it." You know, the Ukrainians. Mm -hmm. That's the Ukrainians. And, and which they thought was going to be Russia, but <laughs> but we had a chance. But now uh, the the world is evolving, and, and that's what happens. That's what happens. That's, that's, we're we're out of time now. This you know Biden keeps worrying about getting into World War Three. We're in World War Three now. Yeah, it's World when War Three is we, never going to look like World War Two, and it, it's not going to be millions of men. It's not going to be trench. I mean, the first World War was trenches. No. Then it was technology. Now it's it's digital. It's all about what is said on news Drones. sites and everything else. Well, yeah, drones, yeah. drones. That's why they don't want to send any airplanes to uh, to uh, to Russia because they got the old fashioned uh, you know air air defenses. But there's no defense against those drones, man. Yeah. <laughs> they they unleashed what three more on them? Uh, what's that one? Cutthroat or something? <laughs> it's one, and they 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 don't like to talk about it too much. But this one, a kid with a computer can operate it. Mm -hmm. You know, there's no training. Like all yeah. these missiles and sites and everything. There's years of training. <laughs> the mm -hmm. drones, man, is a kid with a with a computer, <laughs> yep. and, and that's that's what World War Three is going to be. And we're in it, by the way. We're in it now. Yeah, <coughs> yeah. I think that's why there's there is such hesitation. Obviously, there's there's historic issues there around NATO and around um, uh, sort of yeah, exactly a lack of kind of will to finalize a kind of a conversation at the end of the Second World War, which obviously then ultimately led to. Uh, war in Korea led to Vietnam, led to a lot of issues down with China and, and Tibet um, uh, and Taiwan, etc. And like those sort of areas, there's a, there's a great, it's, you can see the escalation throughout our history. But now we're at a point where corporate power is equal to or greater than most nation states. So I think that in a lot of ways, the countries are not having to go to war with Russia because someone like Netflix goes, all right, you're not allowed Netflix. Tesla goes, all right, we're going to turn your cars off. 
you know, all the governments are not going to we're not going to buy your oil. And I think there's new kind of the new ways of warfare that are being played out in different arenas. We're all being made into soldiers. The front lives are our ways of thinking. We're being told into a binary debate: Are you Russia or are you Ukraine? It's that kind of that false narrative again that we're only given some information by either side to form an opinion on either side. When most people go, well, I know I can probably point to Ukraine on a map. But again, without actually going and doing the research, most people have not come across any sufficient information to actually make an informed decision. So they'll just take whatever is in front of them. You know, if they like this newspaper, they'll back that opinion. You know, if they like that news pundit, they'll back their opinion. Yeah. Well, the, the thing is, when you think about it, the, this there there's one I, I think there's one reason why Biden is not jumping into this war. And, it, and that's because it's a war between white people. See, mm. all the other wars that they jumped right into, there were wars with brown people, black people, you know. And this is a war between white people. And mm. no one wants to, that's the war they don't want to start in a World War Three with white people. Because they had no problem going to, you know, uh, going over to Korea or going over to uh, uh, Vietnam, you know, the, to keep, to keep, to save our way of life. Uh, yeah. Duh. <laughs> You know, yeah. And, yeah. And, and then and then Afghan. Oh, let, even after the Russians lost, the Americans said, "Oh, okay, you know, we, we we can take over." You know, we, we you know we're we're together. We know how to do this shit. And the thing is, those countries they just wanted the war so they can have an economy. These are warriors, and that was my take on Putin. Putin sitting there with the economy tanking, uh, the oil prices going really good crazy down and he's got this expensive army that he's paying and 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 he's getting no return and mm-hmm. and like like trump said you know why go to iraq if we can't take the oil we when we're going in there we need something well with putin he's looking at ukraine thinking well that, that should be part of russia you know mm-hmm. it used to be so i think we should take it back because they've got better access to the seas than we, Russia's landlocked, you see, yeah. and without, without uh, the, you know, the seaports in Ukraine, they're screwed. And, and that's really what Russia's doing now, you know, is, yeah. is trying, to, trying to secure the seaport. They don't give a shit about the rest of the Ukraine. They just want yeah. that waterway, that passageway. And, and that's, that's really what they're going after. Mm. And, and but Biden and, 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 the, and the white guys, it's a war between white guys, you know, and, and you know, just like France and Germany, uh, the, the Nazis, you know, they, they got they got together. The white guys got together, you know, mm-hmm. uh, even Catholics. They all said, oh, OK, yeah, you're right. You know, those yeah. Jews. You know. Isn't it isn't it amazing? You know, it always amazes me that the Catholics were, a lot of Catholics were for Hitler. In fact, Kennedy went over and was, was Hitler's buddy for a while. And yet the, the person they worship is a Jew, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's the, there's so much of the, you can see how the, the populism of national socialism in Germany, of, of Nazism, how it arose. And obviously there's been a lot of parallels drawn, uh, some not necessarily hyperbole, but to quite a, a large extreme in, in the media across the Western world, obviously with leaders like Trump and Putin and others. I mean, even with like Boris over here in the UK, the guy's a buffoon, an absolute moron. Yeah, 
he's, he's, a, he's a clown and therefore people would rather take kind of the clown who's not necessarily too serious over somebody who they don't fully agree with. And yet we don't need to agree with our politicians necessarily. We need to be able to trust that what they will do is for the interest of everyone. If you have a vote for a politician that only represents you, then that's a politician who isn't representing everybody else. And I think that that's kind of the, the danger on one hand of populism, but on the other hand is the idea that then, no, we can take what the majority wants and in some way create societies that are reflective of that, but it should never be done through violence or manipulation. And I think what Hitler, if anything, the, the legacy of what he created that's still alive today is how to manipulate media, how to manipulate and create propaganda and, and take certain narratives. So in Russia, well, you, Putin's you, you, a savior. You know, he's going into Ukraine to stop the Ukraine committing <laughs> genocide against people in these regions that are pro-Russian, Russian-speaking uh, speakers. Obviously, yeah, formerly part of Russia as part of the Federation before the uh, Soviet Union. So they're making that argument for renationalizing. Which is which is sad, and it's and it's a lie, and it's unnecessary. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, the thing is about the 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 racism, the ignorance. Again, it's not unfounded. You know, um, uh, uh, their fears uh, can be realized because that's the, the human animal. You know, you always. When, when you think of racism, especially with the black slave trade, you always got to remember it was blacks that were selling their own people into slavery. You know, it wasn't the white man. The white man could not go into those countries and, and take out those uh, slaves themselves. They had to buy them from slave uh, slavers who were black, you know, another tribe. You see, and that's the same thing as Putin and, and the Ukraine. Mm -hmm. You know, it's really it's almost like the Muslims and the and the, and the Jews. You know, because they were brothers until the the one brother went Muslim and the other brother went uh, Jew Judaism. You know, mm -hmm. and and so that's what's happening uh, now. You know, because they are you have relatives just like our our friends are my Trumpy friends. You know, mm -hmm. they we don't talk politics. Uh, we're not supposed to talk politics when we're together, you know, <laughs> and, and, and when you ask him about Trump now, all they say, well, I don't like what he does, but I, I, I don't like what he says, but I like what he does, you know, mm -hmm. no taxes for these guys. Yeah. <laughs> and I, and I have, I have a lot of fun with them because, you know, they're friends of mine. Mm -hmm. and, and, and one time they all got together and, and they, they almost attacked me. They were younger kids. So they found out that I was a, a Democrat. <laughs> and they come in there and they, they, they really wanted to know, you know, did I really feel that way, you know, uh, about, uh, about uh, Biden, you know. And, and, and what, they, what rich people do, they, they just have lies, you know. Uh, like the people, you know, the Coach Brothers or any of those people that are burning fossil fuels, you know, mm -hmm. they want to keep that that industry alive because, you know, they're making billion, uh, billions of dollars, but they're ruining the planet. Mm -hmm. And so th those are the ones that are, you know, that, that, that Trump's trying to trying to keep on you know keep going on his side. But these but these again, see, it's it's a it's a greed thing. It's all mm -hmm. about money. 
It's all about money when it comes down to it. And that's Putin's thing, you know. But but if you, <clears throat> you look at Putin's yacht, that that I I guess I don't know if they got it yet or not. The Italians are going to take it. I guess they will take it because Putin is sort of the pariah amongst uh, the free world. Mm. Do you think that part of this? So something I was kind of working on as a general thesis in my head is when I've looked back in history, typically the transition of power in cultures happens in around late thirties to forties. Do you know what I mean? So then that generation gets into power of CEOs and whatever else. Whereas we're now seeing, you know, presidential candidates in their 70s, 80s, we're starting to see sort of CEOs holding their positions in 70s and their 80s. And I think that in a lot of ways, very few people, I think, arrive at that sort of age like yourself that have that ability to be introspective and to kind of go, well, what do I believe and who am I? Rather than just kind of going, no, and st- stubbornly just plowing forward, having never looked up. Do you think that, that that's having a, a consequence? Because I think almost like there's that greed on one side, but I think as long as they focus on the greed, they don't have to focus on their own mortality. Well, well, here's the thing. Greed, again, is ignorance. Just pure ignorance. You can have a lot of wealth and not be greedy. You can yeah. have all the wealth in the world and not be greedy. Greedy is fear. Mm. When you're greed, it means that you got to grab yours while you can for whatever reason, you know. And that's what greed is. And, and uh, but, but, but that's why the electric car, like uh, Musk, when he, 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 he didn't, he gave the, all the specs, the battery, everything to, to the automobile industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he could have patented it and become beyond the richest man in the world. He could have, but instead it was, it's, it's too much. He doesn't need money. It's not about money. And, and when it when when we can get the, and this is what we're getting with TikTok, by the way, and and the the uh, the Bitcoin, you know, the blockchain, what we're getting now, we're getting and and, and like I say, TikTok, you got millionaires. What, what's that guy called? The Beast, Mr. And he's, Mr. He, Beast, yeah, Mr. Beast. He's got he's incredibly. He's got I don't know, uh, almost a quarter of a billion followers uh, so you know that that's where the power is coming into you see and, and people like myself uh, like like i have a, a vision you know how how uh, the movie industry can can set uh, a president as as how we act you know how we do it and and you can call them documentaries or you can call them docudramas or docu-comedies you see, and, and that's what I'm looking to, to, to evolve. That's what my next evolution goes into, into the movie industry. But it's, but it's more of like a, 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 a movie of what's going on now, you know, and, and like, like the news. Uh, like I, I figured out a, a, a way to, uh, to help the city with the homeless. And, and, and my, my plan is to create a movie industry. I don't know if I told you this before, but my plan is to create uh, a movie industry based around uh, the homeless and, uh, and the migration. I call it migration because homeless is, is part of migration. You know, you're, you're really going from one lifestyle into another lifestyle. And, and that journey might be your lifestyle. You know, 
and I, I asked uh, uh, Frank Geary, the great architect, about his take on the homeless. Mm-hmm. And he said, very wisely, he said, we've always had homeless. And in the Middle East, they're called Bedouin, you know, and they just follow the herds from pasture to pasture. Mm-hmm. And, and in Europe, they're called gypsies. And what they do, they with their wagons, they go from town to town. And by the way, the reason they don't have a problem in Europe with gypsies is because the gypsies in the cities all have a, an understanding that the gypsies are allowed to be in their city for a, 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 an extended period of time after which they have to leave. In other words, they can't settle there and when they leave the city gives them money to leave Mm -hmm. and if they don't leave then they get arrested then they then they get treated pretty mean because the prison system in europe is definitely not the same as it is here in europe in france anyway uh when you are sentenced to jail there's a lot of times you, you they don't have room for you And so you have to wait until there's room before you can go start serving your jail sentence. That's that's horrible. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so we, we, it's, America has to come up with a a European way of dealing with humanity. Mm -hmm. You see, if you notice right away, uh, as soon as the war hit, all these countries welcoming their people in because they've been on that side. Now, America was with Trump. We got some migrants coming down hiking 1500 miles and he won't even let him in for an interview. You know, he wants to stop them like they're invading the country. Something, you know, so, so, so America has got a long way to go. So because, does uh, so does so does the UK. I mean, to be fair, because it's it's been pretty shit since we obviously with Brexit have left the European Union. There's a graphic that went around quite recently, and it was uh, open visas versus visas in Europe, and the only country that needed a visa for entry for Ukrainians fleeing an active war zone. Uh, bear in mind, there's now two million plus have left the country. Um, it was was the UK, and yeah, so of yeah, yeah, our Home Secretary pretty Patel is basically like, well, what skills have you got? It's like, well, no, they're fleeing a wasm. Let them chill. Let them get five minutes, collect their shit together. I mean, literally, it's within living memory of some people still in this country of the Blitz of when we were actively bombed by uh, Germany, when we sent, uh, I can't remember what they called it, um, but basically there was this mission to get for trains, and they basically put loads of kids from the major cities on these trains and sent them out of the countryside. Some of them left yep. and went to other countries, and the people moved from country and territory and regions um, and everyone just welcomed each other in. And there was some wonderful imagery that came out of uh, the German media. And it just showed hundreds of Berliners there with signs that the dog, uh, they'd written um, sort of in Ukrainian. And that they were like offering like one bedroom, this amount of space. You know, there were people that had drawn simple graphics, like of a family with a, little, with a child saying that we can house this sort of thing. And people were there with toiletries and, and flowers and open arms and just a wonderful reminder of, of humanity, of, of what it is the we all strive for you know and but the uk you know they they, they're the they're the original racist oh yeah oh yeah we we created this shit definitely (laughs) no the 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 royal 
the royalty, you know, uh, you know, the bloodline, the, <laughs> the intermarriage. <laughs> oh, yeah, very, very incestuous. <laughs> yeah, keep, actually... keep everything white and keep everything white and bright. Yeah. <clears throat> well, that's what happened. That's how America evolved. You know, we had to get away from that racist attitude and, and, and create our own democracy. Well, you know, it'll, it'll all come down, you know, uh, it, it'll, it'll work out because that's what's happening now. We're, we're seeing our flaws and, and, and like, like Biden, like, again, you know, Biden doesn't want to go to World War III. Well, we're in World War III. And, and I, I, I kind of dig it. And the thing is, by the way, I, I want to bring the, the, this to everybody's attention is that it's who you know. If you want to make it in this business, in any politics, business, music, it always boils down to who you know. Who do you know? And how many of those really bright, influential people do you know? Because that really, that's what happened with Trump. Trump, once he got the presidency, all these people that wanted the Republicans in, they were ready to go to work and, and create a, an America, you know, kind of like Reagan or kind of like, you know, but an America. Mm. <laughs> but Trump, being an actor, he couldn't get out of that his own way. Because he, once you give him a role, like when he was given the mm. apprentice role, he became that guy. Yeah. Okay. And so when he be, when he became a president, he didn't like the Biden image or the Kennedy or the Reagan or any of those where they had to listen to people, because Trump doesn't like to listen to anybody because he's stupid. He doesn't know what they're saying. He doesn't mm. understand the the words. Unless, it, unless you're talking about golf or football or something, you know, yeah. that where he has a little bit of knowledge. <laughs> he, 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 one of his guys called him a moron. He is. Mm. That's what he is. And I think Boris falls into that category, too. He's mm. more of a character than he is a leader, you know. And, but but does, Boris, does Boris listen to anybody? Uh it would, it would seem not. Well, he, he changes yeah. uh, if he flips and flops. Uh, and I think that's been the yeah. issue The issue of it. I mean, he's the man who got Brexit done despite wanting to campaign uh, for us to remain. Like it's, it's very unprincipled. I think this is the issue we've got in the UK is that Boris is, oh, he's innocent because he's just that clown. Even though his own sister has been and done interviews with the national media and said, no, this is a well-cultivated Im image. He deliberately messes up his hair before he gets on screen. You know, uh, he's crafted this clownish uh, buffoon uh, persona as a way of kind of diffusing from some of his really quite draconian and really antiquated and old world ways of thinking. But because he's part of that press machine, that conservative British elite and establishment, compared to anything else they can paint him as just oh it's the same old things will continue it'll be fine whereas anything else looks like a threat to that system you know someone like yeah. Jer jeremy well, corbyn was was basically painted as a terrorist and all he, the yeah. guy in his spare time likes to uh, collect photos of drain covers he has an allotment you know he likes to produce his own food and stuff very simple humble man but it's put up against somebody like boris that painted him as this 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 eco terrorist it was insane yeah yeah 
Well, the, the, the craziness, that's what amuses the, the, the people. And it gives the people, the ignorant people, uh, something to hang on to. See, well, I like him. He, he, he talks plain. It's, 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 the, it's the heel and the hero in wrestling, isn't it? It's the kefabe. Yeah. It's that illusion yeah. of it. And most people yeah, they forget they're watching wrestling. That they're either watching this performance. They forget that at the end of the day, these two guys, they're going to hit the shower room. They're going to go for a drink later. And, you know, they, they know each other. They're involved in each other's lives. They go to weddings yeah. and they raise it's each other's a, kids. It, and It's an act. It's yeah. an act. That's all it is. No, it's, it's, we're at a very interesting point in our, in our uh, life now. Mm. Because we, we're, we're, we're evolved. You see what happened. This is why I tell people. It's a, the phone, the iPhone, the magic phone that changed everything because everything you need to know is on your phone. You, yeah. you can go to w Wikipedia and say, is that true? Like we, we'll be talking and, and I'll say something about a movie, about anything. Boom. They, they look it up. They go, yeah. It's on their phone right there, no matter how obscure. And so yeah. if, if people you know and they they will eventually when they learn how to do it because we're we're, we're talking about generational gap now mm. there's a whole generation of people you know that that want to use the old electric typewriter or they you know they don't want to use the computer you know they're still in the in the paper mode and and there's a lot of people with that uh, that draconian weird racist mindset mm. you know and 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 they have a voice but but the truth is, is and, and that's what it is, the truth. The truth will set you free. And the reason it sets you free is because at the end of the day, you can't remember lies. Mm. You know, yeah. you, it's, it's hard to remember a lie. Did I say that? Because mm. you got no basis to, to, to pin it on. And mm. so you can lie mm. about your lie. You know, you can lie about your lie, but the truth never changes. You know, yeah. uh, I've been doing interviews now for I don't know how many years, a couple of years, and uh, and I stick as as vehemently to the truth, and because I as I now the truth can be embellished uh, a taste, <clears throat> you know, for for comedic purposes, as I would say. But the truth itself is so powerful that that you will remember that certain things, uh, like like Cheech and I one time we're in in uh, Hawaii. Okay, we're back. Uh, uh, when I was, we were in, in Hawaii and, and we're you know getting ready to play at the uh, amphitheater. Uh, outdoor amphitheater and Hollywood Bowl or the Hawaiian Bowl or something like that. Waikiki Bowl. Waikiki Bowl. Mm -hmm. And I remember very distinctly Cheech and I playing there because uh, the cops arrested all the Hawaiians in the back row who were back there smoking weed. And, and so I remember, I remember very distinctly. And then Cheech says, We've never played here before, have we? Now, Cheech, before that, was always known as the guy with the brain. 
he would remember shit that I would forget in a heartbeat. Uh, <laughs> he always had, you know, he was like the, the learned one. He went to school, he went to university, you know, and got a degree in English, all that stuff. He couldn't remember. He No, he, then he started arguing with me. I said, no, we played here. He said, no, you're wrong. And and, and and when Cheech goes into, no, you're wrong. Like, you give me that, uh, uh, you're a stoner. You don't know what you're talking about. And then the guy, the promoter, shows up. He had the newspaper articles of us playing there. Big front page articles. And, and they were laminated. <laughs> And I said to Cheech, I think we played here before. And Cheech, and Cheech had to admit, admit that. But what happens is liars forget their lies. Mm. And the curse of a liar is that they can't believe anybody else. Mm. You know, and so Cheech, for a long time, you never believed that I discovered the Jackson Five, you know. And uh, until one time, we actually met the, uh, Michael Jackson. We were alone with him in a, in a, in a, in, at the Roxy. And Cheech asked him, mm -hmm. asked him outright. And, and, uh, and Michael said, oh, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, they did. Yeah, that's true. Everything I said was true. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I don't lie. I don't yeah. lie. I don't lie. And, and, uh, and if I don't know, I don't know. Yeah. If I can't remember, I can't remember you know, I don't make shit up. I don't. I don't have to. And 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 it's so powerful, because when you when you deal with truth, it it, it there's something. It's almost like going to a gym, and, and I guess it is because what you're doing, you're building integrity. Mm. You know, you can build integrity, and and if you keep it up, and sometimes you slip. You know, like. Uh, uh, some guy, maybe a homeless or something, asks for money and you're not in the mood and so you blow him off, you know. And then later you might think about it and feel a little guilty, you know, because, mm -hmm. you know, I, I've done that. And then one time I, 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 there's a homeless guy, because I like to get the, the homeless, mm -hmm. uh, especially me, because a lot of times they recognize me. You know, yeah. and said, oh, that's Tommy Chong. <laughs> you know, and and I'd hate to turn him down. And he go, oh, that's Tommy Chong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> oh, man, it's uh, yeah, it's 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 been a pleasure. We've literally again, I think we've touched on two or three of the topics that I've written down for my questions, but I've I've really thoroughly enjoyed uh, this conversation. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm quite mindful of time, so I suppose I'll actually just I'll ask you one or two more quick questions, if that's all right. Sure. Gotcha. Um, and it's just, it's just it's another excuse to have you on again in another 10 months. Um, no yeah, I suppose uh, one of the things I noticed when I watched back through the videos, uh, you were saying that you were looking to establish a podcast yourself uh, with one of your sons. Is that something that you've, um, that you've put oh. together? Well, we've evolved uh, from a podcast to a, uh, a movie company uh, because I'm going to uh, and and he's married with his uh, new family I, and he's he's more more involved in the in the weed business uh, yeah we were thinking about the podcast but then 
I, I do so many guest shots that I'm, it's like I have my own podcast and, yeah. and I'm all over the place. And, and, and in fact, it's better. It's better. I'm a better guest, you know, mm. I, I, I think. And it's better for me. Yeah. And it's better for him, too. Uh, he, uh, he sort of weaned, he got married and he sort of weaned himself away from uh, being my partner. Mm. And to be in, being a, a dad with a new baby <laughs> and a wife that needs a lot of attention. So, mm -hmm. so we're going to leave it at that. I, I'm going to um, pursue the movie uh, idea because I, I've got these um, connections now. Mm -hmm. because, because my idea for the movie is to, uh, is to uh, start filming everything like, like we do now. We, we're doing it. We're doing it now. Like my, my idea of getting the homeless off the streets in L.A. is to uh, declare the, uh, the area, L.A. area, a movie site. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, uh, and we're ma we'll make a movie of the homeless. But when the movie's over, they have to leave. Mm -hmm. Because in order to be in the movie, they have to join the Actors Guild they have to join the extras guild or they have to join the unions and they have to get paid and they have to be treated like everybody else mm -hmm. um, that has a job. And, uh, and the ones that need help will be given help, you know, be uh, referred to the different places. But the one thing that the movie that I want to do with the movie is clean up LA to the point like uh, there, there's a I've, I've been to Europe, uh, some places in Europe, you know, uh, that are very pristine. I mean, there's places there used to be places in, in, in America where you couldn't loiter. They had a loitering law. And if you and that's how they kept the homeless away before, because they would say no loitering. You know, so you couldn't have gangs of people hanging out at corners, you know. Yeah. But since the pandemic, those laws disappeared. Everything, you know, it's almost anarchy now. You know, mm -hmm. people are getting robbed at gunpoint. You know, people are being followed home in their car and yeah. being robbed uh, because there's no law. Smash and grab. They're going into stores and smashing and grabbing because there's there's no security. And the, mm -hmm. the cops, we're, 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 we're not out there. You know, it comes and goes. It, it'll mm -hmm. come and go and then and, and like there's a guy walking around new york shooting homeless people as they sleep you know and and so and, but that to me that's the fucking movie i want to get that yeah. on screen well, this, this is it as you said there's there's hundreds thousands of different stories out there in each of these encampments yeah. in these regions that people don't just go i'm gonna grab a tent and go live in squalor People don't no. cho don't choose a life of intravenous drug use, addiction, independency. It's every in every step that arrives them at that point, they may share a commonality of being in the same space and in the same sort of tents and and being in, in a, a subpar um, sort of hygiene and health and nutrient position. But everyone arrives there at a different point, as you say. It's and the, the, each of their stories is is valid and deserves to be as you say, told and, and they should be paid for it. And in the, that payment, you give them a sense of identity. You give them something solid to aim for yeah. and you give them then hope of a better future. Because when, when we face our past, we, we pave our future. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, 
No, no, you're absolutely right, and and that's the, the direction that I'm that I, I'm in now, and uh, it's very exciting. It's very exciting to me because uh, because the possibilities uh, of uh, abound because now I'm at a position now I, I don't need uh, wealth. Uh, I never did. Uh, I, I just need a, a base, a home base where I can. Mm-hmm. set up set up my stuff and, and, and go with it and i i don't collect uh anything uh, other than uh, little stuff that i i make which someday will be very well uh <laughs> be very expensive uh it's all good mm-hmm. okay i i guess i gotta go on that's my yeah. son calling me it's a, i'll let you get yeah back to it again um Tommy, pleasure as always. And um, yeah, I'll uh, drop you a message and we'll get another one arranged uh, before too long. Yeah, I want to let me uh, report on how the movie's going. If you if you see any action uh, in the media, give me a call and we'll, we'll I'll explain what happened. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I look forward to it. Okay, bro. Take care. All, right, all the best. Peace and love, brother. And that was Mr. Tommy Chung. I do love talking to that man. Although I say talking to that man. He's just so much to say, and he's just everything leads to another topic, to another conversation. And I could literally just sit here in awe and just like, yep, mm-hmm. wow. Because again, like, even the he throws in just an act, oh, yeah, I discovered the Jackson Five. Um, you know, like when we we're talking in the last episode of him sharing a cell with like Jordan Belfort, the, the Wolf of Wall Street, and again, just the, the wealth of knowledge that he has of different subjects. and I do hope to to continue to get Tommy back here for many, many more episodes uh, in the months and years to come, because as I said, the intertwining and the intersectionality of the the crossover of the work that he has done, of the um, the media that he has been involved with, the projects that he has been involved with are pretty phenomenal, to be fair. Um, so it is a real pleasure and privilege to be able to have him as a guest and to be able to be in liaison with him so uh yeah massive thank you once again to the legend that is mr tommy chong um uh I don't know, you, most of you probably do already follow him but i will stick him in uh social media his social media links in the bio below as well as a couple of other little things that we've we've touched base on um do hope you've enjoyed this we covered quite a lot of things geopolitics uh spiritualism sort of touched on a bit of religion um yeah sort of drug uh legislation sort of things like tiktok so there's quite a lot of variety in there and it is as always uh just yeah wonderful to to have that opportunity to speak to uh to tommy so if you did also enjoy this please do check us out at patreon.com forward slash simple life where for less than a cup of coffee a week you can help me keep the lights on in this project um yeah and as i probably am going to have to be moving studio space very soon so you may be seeing me next week in a different space yeah i'm not quite sure yet we'll see what the uh the dice of fate roll out to um but in the meantime do please like share subscribe rate this wherever you're finding it and uh yeah hopefully back here next week in fact we are back here next week with uh the legend that is dan larson straight out of canada um and then the following week i believe is jeff smith uh mp from manchester so yeah some some good guests coming so do check it out um yeah peace and love folks i'm gonna go chill the hell out um yeah i love you and i hope you have a wonderful time whenever you get up to it